Homily six of Homilies on Ephesians by Saint John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily six, chapter two, verses seventeen through twenty-two. And he came and preached peace to you that were far off, and peace to them that were nigh, for through him we both have our access in one spirit unto the Father so then ye are no more strangers and sojourners but ye are fellow-citizens with the saints and of the household of god being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets christ jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom each several building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the lord in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of god in the spirit he sent not, saith the apostle, by the hand of another, nor did he announce these tidings to us by means of any other, but himself did it in his own person. He sent not angel nor archangel on the mission, because to repair so many and vast mischiefs, and to declare what had been wrought, was in the power of none other, but required his own coming the lord then took upon himself the rank of a servant nay almost of a minister and came and preached peace to you saith he that were far off and to them that were nigh to the jews he means who as compared with ourselves were nigh for through him we both have our access in one spirit unto the father peace saith he that peace which is towards god he hath reconciled us for the lord himself also saith peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you and again be of good cheer i have overcome the world and again whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that will i do and again for the father loveth you these are so many evidences of peace but how towards the gentiles because through him we both have our access in one spirit unto the father not ye less and they more but all by one and the same grace the wrath he appeased by his death and hath made us meet for the father's love through the spirit mark again the in means by or through by himself and the spirit that is he hath brought us unto the father so then ye are no more strangers and sojourners but fellow-citizens with the saints perceive ye that it is not with the jews simply no but with those saintly and great men such as abraham and moses and elias it is for the self-same city with these we are enrolled for that we declare ourselves for they that say such things saith he make it manifest that they are seeking after a country of their own no longer are we strangers from the saints nor foreigners for they who shall not attain to heavenly blessings are foreigners for the son saith christ abideth for ever and of the household he continues of god the very thing which they at the first had by means of so many toils and troubles hath been for you accomplished by the grace of god behold the hope of your calling
being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets observe how he blends all together the gentiles the jews the apostles the prophets and christ and illustrates the union sometimes from the body and sometimes from the building built saith he upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets that is the apostles and prophets are a foundation and he places the apostles first though they are in order of time last doubtless to represent and express this that both the one and the other are alike a foundation and that the whole is one building and that there is one root consider that the gentiles have the patriarchs as a foundation he here speaks more strongly of that point than he does when he speaks of a grafting in there he rather attaches them on then he adds that he who binds the whole together in christ for the chief cornerstone binds together both the walls and the foundations in whom each several building mark how he knits it all together and represents him at one time as holding down the whole body from above and welding it together at another time as supporting the building from below and being as it were a root or base and whereas he had used the expression he created in himself of the twain one new man by this he clearly shows us that by himself christ knits together the two walls and again that in him it was created and he is the first-born saith he of all creation that is he himself supports all things in whom each several building fitly framed together whether you speak of the roof or of the walls or of any other part whatsoever he it is supports the whole thus he elsewhere calls him a foundation for other foundations saith he can no man lay than that which is laid which is jesus christ in whom each several building he saith fitly framed together here he displays the perfectness of it and indicates that one cannot otherwise have place in it unless by living with great exactness it groweth saith he into a holy temple in the lord in whom ye also he adds are builded together he is speaking continuously into a holy temple for a habitation of god in the spirit what then is the object of this building it is that god may dwell in this temple for each of you severally is a temple and all of you together are a temple and he dwelleth in you as in the body of christ and as in a spiritual temple he does not use the word which means our coming to god prosodos but which implies god's bringing us to himself prosagogi for we came not out of ourselves but we were brought nigh by him no one saith christ cometh unto the father but by me and again i am the way and the truth and the life he joins them with the saints and again returns to his former image nowhere suffering them to be disunited from christ doubtless then this is a building that shall go on until his coming <laughs>
doubtless it was for this reason that paul said as a wise master builder i laid a foundation and again that christ is the foundation what then means all this you observe that the comparisons have all referred to the subject matters and that we must not expound them to the very letter the apostle speaks from analogy as christ does where he calls the father and husbandman and himself a root chapter three verse one for this cause i paul the prisoner of christ jesus in behalf of you gentiles he has mentioned christ's great and affectionate care he now passes on to his own insignificant indeed as it is and a very nothing in comparison with that and yet this is enough to engage them to himself for this cause saith he am i also bound for if my lord was crucified for your sakes much more am i bound he not only was bound himself but allows his servants to be bound also for you gentiles it is full of emphasis not only do we no longer loathe you but we are even bound saith he for your sakes and of this exceeding grace am i partaker verse two if so be that ye have heard of the dispensation of that grace of god which was given me to you word he alludes to the prediction addressed to ananias concerning him at damascus when the lord said go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the gentiles and kings by dispensation of grace he means the revelation made to him as much as to say i learned it not from man he vouchsafed to reveal it even to me though but an individual for your sakes for himself said unto me saith he depart for i will send thee forth far hence unto the gentiles if so be that ye have heard for a dispensation it was a mighty one to call one uninfluenced from any other quarter immediately from above and to say saul saul why persecutest thou me and to strike him blind with that ineffable light if so be that ye have heard saith he of the dispensation of that grace of god which was given me to you word verse three how that by revelation was made known unto me the mystery as i wrote afore in few words perhaps he had informed them of it by some persons or had not long before been writing to them here he is pointing out that the whole is of god that we have contributed nothing for what i ask was not paul himself the wonderful he that was so versed in the law he that was brought up at the feet of gamaliel according to the most perfect manner was not he saved by grace with good reason too does he call this a mystery for a mystery it is to raise the gentiles in a moment to a higher rank than the jews as i wrote afore saith he in few words that is to say briefly verse four 
whereby when ye read ye can perceive amazing so then he wrote not the whole nor so much as he should have written but here the nature of the subject prevented it elsewhere as in the case of the hebrews and the corinthians the incapacity of the hearers whereby when ye read ye can perceive saith he my understanding in the mystery of christ that is how i knew how i understood either such things as god hath spoken or else that christ sitteth at the right hand of god and then too the dignity in that god hath not dealt so with any nation and then to explain what nation this is with whom god hath thus dealt he adds verse five which in other generations was not made known unto the sons of men as it hath now been revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit what then tell me did not the prophets know it how then doth christ say that moses and the prophets wrote these things concerning me and again if ye believed moses ye would believe me and again ye search the scriptures because ye think that in them ye have eternal life and these are they which bear witness of me his meaning is this either that it was not revealed unto all men for he adds which in other generations was not made known unto the sons of men as it hath now been revealed or else that it was not thus made known by the very facts and realities themselves as it hath now been revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit for reflect peter had he not been instructed by the spirit never would have gone to the gentiles for hear what he says then hath god given unto them the holy ghost as well as unto us that it was by the spirit that god chose that they should receive the grace the prophets then spoke yet they knew it not thus perfectly so far from it that not even did the apostles after they had heard it so far did it surpass all human calculation and the common expectation verse six that the gentiles are fellow-heirs and fellow-members of the body and fellow-partakers what is this fellow-heirs and fellow-partakers of the promise and fellow-members of the body this last is the great thing that they should be one body this exceeding closeness of relation to him for that they were to be called indeed that they knew but that it was so great as yet they knew not this therefore he calls the mystery of the promise the israelites were partakers and the gentiles also were fellow partakers of the promise of god in christ jesus through the gospel that is by his being sent unto them also and by their believing for it is not said they are fellow heirs simply but through the gospel however this indeed is nothing so great it is in fact a small thing and it discloses to us another and greater thing 
that not only men knew not this but that neither angels nor archangels nor any other created power knew it for it was a mystery and was not revealed that ye can perceive he saith my understanding this alludes perhaps to what he said to them in the acts that he had some knowledge that the gentiles also were called this he says is his own knowledge the knowledge of the mystery which he had mentioned namely that christ will in himself make of the twain one new man for by revelation he was instructed both he and peter that they must not spurn the gentiles and this he states in his defence verse seven whereof i was made a minister according to the gift of that grace of god which was given me according to the working of his power he had said i am a prisoner but now again he says that all is of god as he says according to the gift of his grace for according to the power of the gift is the dignity of this privilege but the gift would not have been enough had it not also implanted in him power moral for a work indeed it was of power of mighty power and such as no human diligence was equal to for he brought three qualifications to the preaching of the word a zeal fervent and venturous a soul ready to undergo any possible hardship and knowledge and wisdom combined for his love of enterprise his blamelessness of life had availed nothing had he not also received the power of the spirit and look at it as seen first in himself or rather hear his own words that our ministration be not blamed and again for our exhortation is not of error nor of uncleanness nor in guile nor a cloak of covetousness thus thou hast seen his blamelessness and again for we take thought for things honourable not only in the sight of the lord but also in the sight of men then again beside these i protest by that glorying in you which i have in christ jesus our lord i die daily and again who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or anguish or persecution and again in much patience in afflictions in necessities in distresses in stripes in imprisonments in watchings then again his prudence and management to the jews i became as a jew to them that are without law as without law to them that are under the law as under the law he shaves his head also and does numberless things of the sort but the crown of all is in the power of the holy ghost for i will not dare to speak saith he of any things save those which christ wrought through me and again for what is there wherein you were made inferior to the rest of the churches and again for in nothing was i behind the very chiefest apostles though i am nothing without these things 
the work had been impossible it was not then by his miracles that men were made believers no it was not the miracles that did this nor was it upon the ground of these that he claimed his high pretension but upon those other grounds for a man must be alike irreproachable in conduct prudent and discreet in his dealings with others regardless of danger and apt to teach it was by these qualifications that the greater part of his success was achieved where there were these there was no need of miracles at least we see he was successful in numberless such cases quite antecedently to the use of miracles but nowadays we without any of these would fain command all things yet if one of them be separated from the other it henceforth becomes useless what is the advantage of a man's being ever so regardless of danger if his life be open to censure for if the light that is in thee be darkness saith christ how great is that darkness again what the advantage of a man's being of an irreproachable life if he is sluggish and indolent for he that doth not take his cross and follow after me saith he is not worthy of me and so the good shepherd layeth down his life for the sheep again what is the advantage of being both these unless a man is at the same time prudent and discreet in knowing how he ought to answer each one even if miracles be not in our power yet both these qualities are in our power still however notwithstanding paul contributed so much from himself yet did he attribute all to grace this is the act of a grateful servant and we should never so much as have heard of his good deeds had he not been brought to a necessity of declaring them and are we worthy then so much as even to mention the name of paul he who had moreover grace to aid him yet was not satisfied but contributed to the work ten thousand perils whilst we who are destitute of that source of confidence whence tell me do we expect either to preserve those who are commanded to our charge or to gain those who are not come to the fold men as we are who have been making a study of self-indulgence who are searching the world over for ease and who are unable or rather who are unwilling to endure even the very shadow of danger and are as far distant from his wisdom as heaven is from earth hence it is too that they who are under us are at so great a distance behind the men of those days because the disciples of those days were better than the teachers of these isolated as they were in the midst of the populace and of tyrants and having all men on all sides their enemies and yet not in the slightest degree dragged down or yielding hear at least what he saith to the philippians because to you it hath been granted in the behalf of christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer in his behalf and again to the thessalonians for ye brethren became imitators of the churches of god which are in judea 
and again in writing to the hebrews he said and ye took joyfully the spoiling of your possessions and to the colossians he testifies saying for ye died and your life is hid with christ in god and indeed to these very ephesians he bears witness of many perils and dangers and again in writing to the galatians he says did ye suffer so many things in vain if it be indeed in vain and you see them too all employed in doing good hence it was that both grace wrought effectually in those days hence also that they lived in good works here moreover what he writes to the corinthians against whom he brings charges out of number yet does he not bear even them record where he says yea what zeal it wrought in you yea what longing and again in how many points does he bear them record on this subject these things one shall not see nowadays even in teachers they are all gone and perish and the cause is that love hath waxed cold that sinners go unpunished for hear what he says writing to timothy them that sin reprove in the sight of all it is that the rulers are in a sickly state for if the head be not sound how can the rest of the body maintain its vigour but mark how great is the present disorder they who were living virtuously and who under any circumstance might have confidence have taken possession of the tops of the mountains and have escaped out of the world separating themselves as from an enemy and an alien and not from a body to which they belonged plagues too teeming with untold mischiefs have lighted upon the churches the chief offices have become saleable hence numberless evils are springing and there is no one to redress no one to reprove them nay the disorder has assumed a sort of method and consistency has a man done wrong and been arraigned for it his effort is not to prove himself guiltless but to find if possible accomplices in his crimes what is to become of us since hell is our threatened portion believe me had not god stored up punishment for us there ye would see everyday tragedies deeper than the disasters of the jews what then however let no one take offence for i mention no names suppose some one were to come into this church to present you that are here at this moment those that are now with me and to make inquisition of them or rather not now but suppose on easter day any one endued with such a spirit as to have a thorough knowledge of the things they had been doing should narrowly examine all that came to communion and were being washed in baptism after they had attended the mysteries many things would be discovered more shocking than the jewish horrors he would find persons who practise augury who make use of charms and omens and incantations and who have committed fornication adulterers drunkards and revilers covetous i am unwilling to add lest i should hurt the feelings of any of those who are standing here what more 
suppose any one should make scrutiny into all the communicants in the world what kind of transgression is there which he would not detect and what if he examined those in authority would he not find them eagerly bent upon gain making traffic of high places envious malignant vainglorious gluttonous and slaves to money where then there is such impiety as this going on what dreadful calamity must we not expect and to be assured how sore vengeance they incur who are guilty of such sins as these consider the examples of old one single man a common soldier stole the sacred property and all were smitten ye know doubtless the history i mean i am speaking of Occam, the son of carmi the man who stole the consecrated spoil the time too when the prophet spoke was a time when their country was full of soothsayers like that of the philistines whereas now there are evils out of number at the full and not one fears oh henceforth let us take the alarm god is accustomed to punish the righteous also with the wicked such was the case with daniel and with the three holy children such has been the case with ten thousand others such is the case in the wars that are taking place even at the present day for the one indeed whatever burden of sins they have upon them by this means lay aside even that but not so the other on account of all these things let us take heed to ourselves do ye not see these wars do ye not hear of these disasters do ye learn no lesson from these things nations and whole cities are swallowed up and destroyed and myriads as many again are enslaved to the barbarians if hell bring us not to our senses yet let these things what are these two mere threats are they not facts that have already taken place great is the punishment they have suffered yet a greater still shall we suffer who are not brought to our senses even by their fate is this discourse wearing i am aware it is myself but if we attend to it it has its advantage because this it has not the quality of an address to please nay more nor ever shall have but ever those topics which may avail to humble and to chasten the soul for these will be to us the groundwork of those blessings to come hereafter to which god grant that we may all attain in jesus christ our lord with whom to the father together with the holy ghost be glory and might and honour now and henceforth and for ever and ever amen and a pomily six